0: Six Point presents
1: A Walk Down Main Street. Turning the lens of the radio camera on the vast panorama of downtowns across Ontario.
0: Zooming in to capture the living memories of Main Streets before they are lost forever.
1: Traveling across the province in our Storymobile for your tales of...
0: Butchers and bakers and candlestick makers and buildings and heroes and side roads and weirdos and bars and stars and roads and cars and shops and cops and people who rock because what we have found is everyone around has one or two telling tales of the town. Come join us as we take
2: a, a walk, walk down, down Main Street. Street. Welcome to Windsor. I'm Sherry. And I'm Allison. Did you ever hang out at Fast Eddie's downtown? Have you strolled through Walkerville on your way to the Victoria Tavern? Or maybe you recall a first date at the Dominion House. When we parked our storymobile at the foot of Olette, right beside the Detroit River, we heard stories from Windsorites about everything from downtown's grit and sandwich town's history to the walkability of Walkerville, and learned that there is so much more to the City of Roses than a terrific view of the Detroit skyline.
3: Downtown Windsor... I think it's dominated mostly by Detroit. Detroit is the backdrop, the Detroit skyline, which is beautiful, this great old skyline, and that is a part of the Windsor downtown topography.
2: Well, I came down Willette Avenue, and I thought, oh my gosh, it's so huge! And they're like, oh no, no, that's Detroit. (laughs)
4: you know we have one of the best waterfronts I've ever seen. A
5: tremendous resource that Windsor has got that waterfront just rocks. The
4: water is
6: life to me and I morning and noon and evening I just come and stop by. The morning I say good morning to the river at lunch how are you and uh, when I go home I live south of the 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 river and I say good night and I, I feel energetic and refreshed. And
7: ah, the Detroit River, I remember skating in the river, that was a long time ago, and swimming in the river, which I would never do now. <laughs>
8: the first memories I had was when the Queen came down, and we had street dance for her in her honor. It was her birthday, and we celebrated from the river all the way past whatever. <laughs>
4: I'm sure people have talked about the fireworks already. They were the biggest fireworks at one point in North America. They went on for like 30 minutes.
5: Pretty spectacular. And it was one of the few events that drew a real large number of people.
4: But I just assumed everybody had that. And when you tell people about it, they're like, you just have free fireworks. I'm like, yeah, there's three barges in the middle of the river. But Freedom Fest was super fun.
3: Kind of marked the beginning of summer for a lot of people. The International Freedom Festival was this huge celebration that brought Windsor and Detroit together. And it would close down Riverside, and down Riverside would be lined with uh, with games and these sorts of things. And then down along the rivers, where all the uh, where all the rides would be. Freedom Festival.
9: I mean, it's printed tradition in our family forever. Yeah, we used to sit down there. My dad. That's, there was what, 12 of us at home at one time, load us up in the old woody station wagon. I went as a kid uh, with my folks. I still take uh, my kids. The earliest memory I had of watching the fireworks, I had to be about 12 years old. We always brought our bologna sandwiches and our Kool-Aid. It was cheap, but it was fun. We had a good time. We moved away <laughs> to Amherstburg, and we'd still drive up to the city to come watch the fireworks. So you know, to, to this day, I have my kids and my grandkids, and fireworks day that's tradition. We had our own little party and as I got older I did the same thing with my son TJ. I taught him about old school how it
10: really was back in the days.
2: There used to be plenty for kids to do downtown.
10: I knew all of the movie theaters, the Vanity, the Capitol. There was the Odeon.
8: Odeon Theater, yeah. Uh,
10: the Palace.
8: The Tivoli. First movie I went to was at the Capitol Theater was
0: the
10: Sound Music. All of the Disney shows were usually at the Palace and the Capitol. I used to like those Billy Jack movies. I've seen them again as, as an adult. As an adult, I feel, I think they're horrible. But uh, they're, but that is a special place in my heart because it's the first restricted movie I got into. We would hang around them as little kids, the back doors, try to sneak in. The Palace Theater. I had a
9: good friend Mind, Keith Laird, he knew how to go up the um, fire escape ladder. It was kind of off the alley, get onto the roof, and there was like a maintenance door. We managed to get in that door, go down some stairs, and you're in the balcony of the theater, right? So we'd be like laying on the floor, kind of with our heads down, not to be seen, right? Watching the movie. I, I
11: worked at the Palace Theater. Uh, I remember the gigantic boiler that was in in the basement that had been there forever and uh, we had to bail out uh, some days because when the rain came down on the street uh, everything would literally come into the uh, basement area and I remember a couple times having to uh, literally crawl underneath the theater so I uh, probably one of the last people to ever uh, see what the undercarriage of of that architecture actually looked. It was like. in
7: my younger days that's when we were, did more court and sparking in the in the back of the back of the theater instead. <laughs>
2: Now, let's pay a visit to the much-missed Windsor Teen Hangout Fast Eddies. I always used to go to Fast Eddies. <laughs> That's gonna be like the one, the one thing that you hear the most often.
3: Fast Eddies is something that I discovered, you know, you know, when maybe I was 13, 14 years old, and it was attached to this, to this amazing block where the, uh, where this Chrysler building now
8: stands.
2: Oh yeah, let's talk about Fast Eddies because that was right on the corner. Right now it's um, Chrysler Canada. Yeah,
8: Fast Eddies was way cool, way cool. Yeah,
4: yeah.
12: It was what to do, you know. Before
4: you were 19 and you couldn't go to the bars but you still wanted to come downtown and we would go down to um Fast Eddies, they had the best air hockey table in all of Windsor.
10: I remember there was this uh, game I used to play all the time. I forget what it was called. And
4: you could play, like, pinball and all those, like, you know, pick the stuffed animal up with the crane thing.
12: Ultimate carnival atmosphere with arcade games everywhere.
4: And that was back in the day, right, when you are playing, like, Pac-Man and all those arcade games.
3: two floors of just crazy, crazy fun.
10: You know, fast Eddies, that, that wasn't just an arcade. It was a religious experience. Love. Oh, yes.
1: I did go to Fast Eddie's, but with my brothers, that was the arcade place, right?
10: Yeah.
3: Now, when you're 13, 14, 15 years old, we were going down there for one main reason, and that was because girls were also going down there.
1: My brothers were seven years older than me, is the one closest in age, and then they're each a year apart, so... My role, I like to say, when I was growing up, was that when they met a girl that they wanted to impress, they would bring me. We would inevitably end up at Fast Eddie's. And while they were, like, arcading and, you know, trying to get to know the girl, I would be the, like, cute little brother who they brought. And, you know, look how wonderful I am. I'm the kind of guy that has this cute little brother that I drag around. So I always tease them that I was, like, their dress-up doll that, you know. And then they would tell me these things to say to the, the women that they liked that were hugely insulting things to say. And I would say them because I didn't know any better. And two of them are now married to girls that they met. No lie. Yeah, no lie.
3: When I think of downtown Windsor, like kind of at the uh, pinnacle of what I can remember of it, you know, it, it was during those early adolescent years when Fast Eddie's was here and the Freedom Festival was running. And we had the Palace Movie Theater and it was... A very family-friendly sort of place to be, you know, and it was just really rich in in culture and in the history, and and it was very evident because it was all over the place.
13: My earliest memory of downtown Windsor is uh, walking down Olette Avenue. Well, I'm
0: a downtown girl. When I was in grade eight, I was in the hospital getting my tonsils out. I was at Grace Hospital. I looked out at the bridge, saw it all lit up, and I, that, Petula Clark was on the radio singing, downtown, where all the lights are bright, and I said, when I grow up, I'm leaving River Canard, and I'm moving downtown, and so I did. At
11: Christmas
13: time, going to Kresge's to buy my mother a box of
8: Turtles.
0: Oh, the Kresge's. Everybody went to Kresge's and either had a hot dog, a hot fudge sundae.
8: Kresge's was a cool store. We go to Kresge's, sit at the counter for french fries. Every Saturday we were downtown shopping at uh, the Kresge's store, One Plus One, Caners. Smith's, (gasps) Bartlett's. Le Chateau was downtown. Oh, great shopping downtown. Peoples, Smith's, Edelman's. Loved it.
9: Caners of fashion, you know, We like the tweed sweaters and the dress pants. And yeah, that's me and my buddies. Yeah, yeah, that was the clothing store for us, Caners. And uh, always had good deals. I remember my 21st birthday party, me and about three of my friends they were the doorman at the party so we had to go down there and get all cleaned up right with the the nice tweed ties and pullover v-neck sweaters and the dress pants and but i love that store you could always go in there and find a nice pair of pants at a real reasonable price that was the store as you know of choice for me anyway
2: oh yeah when we first moved back here i think i was uh 18 and i went to kresge's And it had the hardwood floor, and it was just like going back in time. They still had the the lunch counter with the stools, and you could still get a milkshake. And, you know, I remember I bought a couple pair of socks, and I wore them till they fell apart, because it was so sad when it closed, because, you know, my Nan would take us there when we were little.
4: You know,
8: now it's gone. Things change. So the mall happened, right? And then we started going to the mall to shop, you know, buying our T-shirts and our blue jeans and that. And um, so one weekend we would go to the mall, and the next weekend we would go downtown. And more and more it got to be the mall, the mall, the mall, less downtown, and then Le Chateau moved over to the mall and Caners, and, and there we had Steinberg's downtown, and then Steinberg's closed down. They moved to the mall, so they closed up downtown. And little by little, everything started closing downtown. And I remember walking downtown, it was about 78 or 78, I think, and and there was like no one down there.
13: I think there was a recession around 19, when I remember, uh, 1979, 80, something like that recession. And... Windsor suffered a lot uh, over the years, uh, unemployment. It's had its hard times in that uh, a lot of the shops, like in many towns, moved out to the mall.
3: Um, So there wasn't a lot of shopping, like everyday kind of shopping down there. And in
2: 1999, the north end of Olette Street, lost one of its most beloved and iconic buildings.
12: That whole area, that block, the Norwich block, it's unfortunate, but that was probably one of the blocks with the most history in the city.
5: That's still a bit of a sore spot. It was such an interesting hub for people in it to see that just not there anymore. You feel the absence.
4: Yeah, there was a lot of fun things in the Norwich
12: Block. And to demolish that for what we now have as the Chrysler Building is unfortunate.
10: I still get mad at the city when I think of the fact that they tore it down.
12: But that's also part of all the changes and with all the things that have happened to downtown, to still see that sort of resilience and that, um, and that core grit. You still see it today in the amount of things that continue to open up, continue to change, people continuing to come in to invest. You know, it still has that character and that uh, determination.
2: Let's take a walk a little east of the downtown core, to a neighborhood known for its walkability. Welcome to Walkerville.
4: I live in Walkerville, so I love Walkerville. It's one of the major walkable neighborhoods in Windsor.
5: Well, I'm... In Walkerville now, I I see that as a place that stands out for me.
4: I think I went to Walkerville before they really, really
13: seriously called it Walkerville. It's really coalesced as a neighbourhood
4: now. It's so diverse, you know, you've got lots of different people in the neighbourhood. It's very gentrified, that neighbourhood. So people have been coming in, and these houses are just amazing.
5: (laughs) Good things are happening. We're we're finding a resurgence of interest. Artists are finding a, a place here. They're finding it as a supportive community, a walkable community, which is a really big deal with the... Uh, resurgence of
2: bicycling and... Yeah, we have everything there, and I love it. Though Walkerville is getting to be known for its walkability, it used to be home to a popular bridge for cars.
0: I have a story, and it's about around the time of the demolition of the the Peabody Bridge. It used to be on Riverside Drive, uh, at about Chilver. Yeah, there was this bridge that went up, and it was rickety, and it was only two lanes, and... Uh, was a little scary, but we called it taking a flight over the Peabody, right? Can we take a flight over the Peabody? One fine Sunday, as we drove home west along Riverside Drive to our home in Walkerville, my eight-year-old daughter said as usual, Mom, can we go over the Peabody Bridge? Well, being one of a long line of irrational parent naysayers, I said nay, or um, no, another day, let's get home, and promptly took a left onto Devonshire. As I turned, I asked myself, why? I said no, and scolded myself silently for not taking the extra few minutes to indulge my child's wishes. And anyway, I enjoyed a flight over the Peabody as much as she did. Imagine now, if you will, the horror I experienced as I approached the bridge on the very next day, only to find the Peabody barricaded for demolition. My heart fell, and if my daughter's face was any indication, hers not only fell, but instantly broke.
2: Although the Peabody Bridge is long gone, Walkerville still retains its historic flavor. My
4: house is about 100 years old, and it was built for the workers of Hiram Walker, and it was one of the old row houses, so it's pretty cool to live in that historic
10: house and wonder, like, what went on here. I started acquiring property in Walkerville over 20 years ago when it was a very depressed area. Buildings were boarded up. There was uh, vacant properties. I noticed a change approximately eight or nine years ago. When you had this renaissance or renewal, people started moving back into the area. Small businesses started opening up. I got a great set of commercial office tenants that were coming back. And it's actually the owners of these buildings that have pride of ownership. They are the ones that have that's the turnaround story here. It's it's great people that want to invest in their own buildings. I own a lot of real estate, but I get a lot of satisfaction from reviving older historical buildings.
13: I can remember from early days going to uh, the Victoria Tavern. Every Saturday, they would always, and they still do, have an early band, the pocket band. And everybody from all over town would come, and there would be early dancing.
5: Tallulah Cafe. I have to praise the proprietor, Linda, there. She was an early adopter for a very simple, veg-friendly cuisine and uh, really paved the way for a lot of what's happening in this community, I believe, in terms of a social hub.
10: I don't think there's any other community that has the history Uh, Because of the distillery, the famous architecture, we've got Albert Kahn, Pennington, a number of architects that are, are very famous, I think, in North America that all resided and worked in Detroit during the the, the turn of the century. So all of these homes are unique. A lot of them were built for Hiram Walker executives. Uh, I think it's got character that is unmatched anywhere. The streets are wide, the boulevards are wide. People that own these homes have pride of ownership. They're coming back and buying these homes and doing things that are just great for our community and our neighborhood. I mean, it makes me proud to be from Windsor just watching what's going on here.
2: Old Walkerville is full of history, but it's not the only proudly historic neighborhood in Windsor. Time to head across town to Sandwich Town.
3: The main drag of Sandwich Town is uh, a Sandwich Street. Yeah, if you're coming down Riverside, you'll get to the Ambassador Bridge, and as soon as you're west of the Ambassador Bridge, you transition into uh, to Sandwich, where we host some of the oldest buildings that exist, you know, in the province, really. Yeah,
12: that's why I love it the Sandwich neighborhood. It's got a history. It's old.
13: It's a really old neighborhood. When I first came here, and it was like in the first two years that I lived in Windsor, I had my dad's old CCM bike. I would ride around these streets, and there was all these old places.
3: Much of our our culture and our history exists right in that spot. You know, before Windsor existed, you know, everything was down in Sandwich Town. You know, it's said to be, you know, one of the oldest communities on this side of Montreal. Of
11: course, there was was always a historical buildings like the um, the Duff Bobby House and the Beasley sisters were the fascinating people that lived there because they were ladies in their 80s and they would literally bring you into their house and uh, and tell you stories that uh, you know this is where Chief Tecumseh was this is where the the great people uh, of the history books you know stayed. There's uh, the Dominion House
3: which is maybe the the second oldest tavern that's still running, you know, maybe in the whole country right now.
7: It's not just a bar and restaurant. It's more of an institution. And it's 139 years old. My relationship with the Dominion House, I was an accountant
13: back in my 20s, 30s, 40s. Uh, this was one of my clients. Our first date was uh, on the uh, west end of Windsor and it was called the Dominion House. The only plus was when I came here I
6: got a real good lunch. <laughs>
13: <laughs> we went there and we had a hamburger and a beer and got to know each other and it started from and there. And
3: I fell in love with the DH back then and that's been
7: 40 odd years that I've been uh, I've been coming to this establishment. Dominion House played a huge, huge part in uh, the history of Windsor, being it is the oldest running tavern uh, in Windsor and Essex County and the third uh, oldest in southwestern Ontario. So it's got a lot of history here. It's been here longer than the
8: rest of Windsor. <laughs>
2: And of course, the trip into Sandwich Town wouldn't be complete without a visit to one of the neighborhood's most powerful historic buildings.
8: This is the historic Sandwich First Baptist Church, built by free blacks and runaways. The uh, brick was made from the clay from the Detroit River. Uh, They had a huge kiln and they would fire the bricks. What else can I say? The bounty hunters were allowed to come into the church and uh, go through the, the congregation looking for the runaways. Now, when they came here, if they were spotted, and people could spot them because they always had the big brim hat, and they always had that little sack on their back and their rifle because that's what they lived from, that sack. And they would go around and people as soon as they were sighted, they would pick up a bell. And each person that heard that bell would pick up another bell. Until the pastor here at the church could hear the ringing of the bells. When he heard the bells, they locked the doors. And all the enslaved people that had run would go down under. And at the very front of the church, uh, there's a four-foot drop, and those people would lay on their bellies and scoot to that four-foot drop and stay there. Now when the bounty hunter came to the uh, church doors and bang, 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 the pastor would say, there's a stranger at the door, let him in. And they would start singing this song. And there's always been a piano and there's always been drums in the church. Rosa Parks was a, a steady visitor here at uh, Sandwich First Baptist Church. A lot of people don't even know that. So, yeah, this is a, a church that's 100, next year will be 175 years old, older than Canada. <laughs> and we've been worshiping here. God has kept the doors open, and we are so happy.
3: I like to explain Sandwich Town as a a living, breathing museum because these buildings are still in existence and you can still walk through them, you know, they're they're tangible, which is important and it's a, uh, it's hats off to a community like like Windsor that has been able to uh, preserve, you know, spaces like that.
2: But Sandwich Town has its troubles too.
13: Sandwich Town has just been decimated, I've I've never seen a a neighborhood really get dumped on so much. Sandwich Town is still hung up on the fate of the Ambassador Bridge and and Maddie Maroon's ambition to twin the bridge. This Maddie Maroon blight zone separating Sandwich from the University of Windsor has just decimated that community. And so uh, the Sandwich Community Improvement Program really hasn't gotten into gear. So I think that story is still playing out, it's going to take the this decade, you know, until 2020, I think for us to really, really know.
7: Hopes so of for the future of Sandwich Town, that it maintains its legacy and its history and continues, continues to support that. A lot of things in history are forgotten for a reason. That's why there's history books. Um, I hope it just holds that. I hope Sandwich Town just holds that, that feel and that culture and you know, the look and the, the camaraderie that happens on a daily basis, that's happening now. And I just hope 20 years from now when someone else owns the place that I can walk in and still have, you know, English-style fish and chips and uh, a cold pint and, you know, listen to some live music, I hope that's still happening. Yep.
2: Who knows what the future holds for Sandwich Town, Walkerville, and downtown Windsor? The people we spoke with had plenty of ideas. And local poet T.J. Travis is inspired by that very question.
3: Dear Windsor, I used to know you. I used to live in the privilege of your voice, wrapped tight in the love of your song, but I slept you away. And now as I stand in the solitude of your footprint, surrounded by the silence of your revolution, I am being reminded in real time that the Rose City matters. The imaginary borders shatter as Wind City stands in the hour of transformation.
10: What people forget is it's really easy to tear down a structure. It's a lot of work to preserve and protect it and find a reuse for it.
8: You get a flavor of things, although they change, they still remain, you know, you still remain the same. You, you know, it comes cyclical. I think they should try and bring back some of the stuff that we've, they've lost over the years.
10: So I think the more we educate the public on how important these structures were from a hundred years ago and what the story is and why they were built, It only makes us, uh, makes our community richer, and it gives us a lot of character and things that we look forward to, right, knowing where we came from.
6: It be you be know, more than it is now. Uh, I know everybody's trying to revitalize it. So
1: currently what's happening is that the University of Windsor is opening up a campus downtown. So uh, in my wildest dreams of dreams, we'll have a model, like a city model, that's sort of like Ann Arbor, where it's just, uh, we become a university city. And when you go downtown, you actually have things to do other than just go and drink, right?
3: The sum of everything we've been told we are is being twisted, pulled, picked apart. The seams of a city are being pried open. The light of our spirit is shining into absolution. The ancestors are speaking to us with godly tongues, reminding us of what we are. Sacred medicine held in indigenous prayers. The haunting winds of resilience spoken in freedom songs that echo the Underground Railroad. We are the Sandwich Town, Walkerville, Ford City. The North Star lives in the twinkle of our eye, reminding us that we shall not be moved reminding us that we are not the remains of a broken city lost in the cracks of a dust walk. Red-light poems written on the backs of rocks, sinking in water graves, splitting
6: rhymes, sharing bootlegged verse, defying time. I have a, a bright feature about Windsor because we see historically, geographically, uh, environmentally it's a very suitable place
3: Windsor in general is a very it's a very special place it, it's a uh, it's always been known as being a very uh, progressive space you know moving towards the uh, the the human rights you know but we also uh, have this this uh, the, this history of First Nations and Underground Railroad, and providing refuge for so many people who found themselves lost in the uh, in, in the global world, that found that made home here. You know, and we're living in a time right now where we're seeing a lot of uh, newcomers to the country. You know, reliving that experience. You know, so it's kind of a uh, building a bridge from the uh, from the past into the future, which is what. I believe is giving a lot of momentum you know to this uh, to this resurrection of uh, you know Windsor's greatness you know returning back to Windsor's greatness
6: I love to see a very diverse as it is uh, and also you know the balance of the businesses you know to be a, in a balanced way
5: you have to believe in magic to be in a city that uh, has seen a lot of challenges and you have to have a you know a kind of
3: a wonder. There's a good spirit in the city for that sort of thing, um, despite the economic roller coaster it's gone on.
5: That's how change is made, with imagination.
8: Congratulations to Windsor.
5: So I think that is our best hope, that we'll um, all work toward a happy ending.
3: Our rose garden doesn't vanish quietly into the night. We light the night as 200,000 stars burning bright from one heart to the next. We are blessed. We are not our indoctrination into self-hatred. Inside each and every one of us, there is a fire burning, a sacred medicine curing, pushing through our veins a rich history. Retrace your footsteps. Keep learning. Yesterday we were blind, but today we see. We've been searching for freedom, but we've always been free. Dear Windsorites, don't believe the hype. You are never invisible. You are always the light. When times fell to darkness, your spirit shone bright. Remember what you are emancipate your mind and move forward in love. Sincerely, a Windsorite.
2: Thanks for tuning in To hear more tales and find out when the Storm Mobile is coming to your town, visit www.thetaleofatown.com. Special thanks to the City of Windsor, the Arts Council Windsor & Region, the Ontario Arts Council, and the Ontario Trillium Foundation for their generous support of our project. And to everyone in Windsor who supported our performance installation and took the time to share their stories. You can find a complete list on our website. The Tale of a Town is created and produced by Fixpoint and developed in collaboration with the National Arts Centre to capture the collective community memory of Canada's main streets. One story at a time. This episode was produced by me, Alison Broverman, and created in collaboration with the artistic team, including Sherry Campo and Katie Swift, with original music by Jake Nichol and poetry by TJ Travis. Thanks for listening.